haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. Hey everybody, welcome to Queen Talk. Thanks for tuning in. Tonight is episode three and it's all about the girl boss. So um, for an episode overview, we're going to be discussing Mm -mm. our experiences as young millennial women in this crazy, crazy world. Um, so first I want to introduce my guests, so do you want to start first and just introduce yourself and, um, like, where you're from and what you're currently doing in life? Hello, everybody. Ashley Cramblett here. Coming in from Portland, Oregon. (laughs) Hey! So, What are you currently doing? Yeah. Currently, I am in sales. I am a sales representative for DeBella Exteriors, and I sell roofs, siding, baths, and windows. Hello! (laughs) What about you, Bay? My name's Bailey. Um, I'm currently a stylist at Estilo Salon. Get it, girl! Yes, um, and I'm going back to school for visual arts, so I do some freelance work on the side in my spare time. Cool, great. Thank you for coming here. Bailey is also my cousin, so. Yes. Um, (laughs) So I just want to start the um, show out with a little article that I was actually introduced to by one of my male coworkers, which I really appreciate. So it was written by Miranda Larby, um, and it was published on a UK um, news article website on Wednesday, November 1st, 2017. And basically it's talking about is male incompetence a form of misogyny? So um, both of my guests read this and maybe if you could just share like some highlights or what you thought about the article and what you liked about it, maybe what you didn't like about it, what you agreed with, what you disagreed with. Um... I mean, in my experience, it's been a little bit, it's been a little bit different. So, where do we start? I mean, you know, like, I mean, every man I've been with, which is very few, um, they've always cooked meals for me. Okay. So it's always been kind of a role reversal, and I like it that way. Okay. You know, I mean, it's nice to have come home to dinner and like it's done, but your you know your man did it for you. I don't know. I think it speaks volumes. What about you, Bay? What did you think about the article? Yeah, um, I felt like this article is definitely relatable. 
Um, I think from my personal upbringing, you know, we were taught um, to be domesticated towards the men, like, you know, to bring them their plates and to clean up after them. Um, yeah, and it's it's just one of those things that it's such a, a normal thing, but it's such a taboo to speak of. Um, and I just remember, like, in my young adult life, like, as I was starting, like, my dating life, like, that was all I knew. So I thought that was normal. And it wasn't until, like, I was out of that, like, I understood, like, I want to do more for myself. Like, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Right. And I feel like the men that I was attracted to were also men that came from that upbringing as well, because mm-hmm. that's all they knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just one of those things, like, I look at this article and I think about, like, these are things that need to be taught for the younger generation because like maybe not all of my peers were brought up that way but some of us were like that's kind of like the normal thing like when we think about like the 60s and the 70s you know yeah so i think that just to kind of give you an overview of what the article's talking about it's basically looking at what ashley and bailey just talked about so kind of the contrast between like gender roles and if you know males in the workplace or males in like intimate relationships not doing certain things just so that the woman or the female in the relationship will if that's a form of misogyny and I honestly feel like at my job I struggle with this a lot just because I work in admin and number one there's no males that work in admin at my job so Mm -hmm. why is that is that like a female's job to like do the data and do the office work and be an office clerk and be a secretary answer the Mm -hmm. phones greet people dress nicely etc you know meanwhile you know some of my male co-workers wear sweats every day and granted like they have different job descriptions Mm -hmm. and different job duties but i just think that yeah i do agree with this article that i think that conscious like male incompetence is misogyny i feel like Mm -hmm. i feel sometimes my male co-workers like i don't know how to do this or even just not not just at this job but at every job Mm -hmm. just so i'll do it for them yeah are they older i mean i don't think i really don't think age has anything to do with it because i i've worked with you know males that are my age and also males that are much older yeah um And it's kind of the same across the board, and I don't know if it's because of the field that I'm in Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I just feel like I can't, like, keep babysitting grown adults, and I feel like the whole, like, helplessness act is kind of getting a little bit old and a little bit tired for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I just thought this was a really great article. If you Google, um, you know, male incompetence, is it a form of misogyny by Miranda Larby? You can find the article, and maybe later you guys can call in and kind of tell us what you think and, you know, if you agree, if you disagree. Um, but I just thought that was a really cool article, and I really appreciate my coworker for sending that to me because I was voicing my frustration, and, you know, he stepped up as kind of an ally and a support and sent that to me. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, so um, I just want to take some time to have you guys individually describe what it's like to be a female-identified individual in Portland or a woman in Portland. So you could just start with, like, everyday experiences. So at the grocery store, on social media, with partners, with friends, with strangers, like, what what is the experience? Do you, you know, feel like you're empowered here in Portland? Do you feel empowered in your relationships? Do you feel empowered when you are in public? Do you feel empowered on social media? Or do you feel disempowered? Like, what's your kind of general overview? 
Yeah, um, at times I feel like I'm too powerful. You know, <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm too independent. I'm too... We're not on? Are we good? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like really independent, and I've always been really independent, like from a really early age, because I think um, my mother instilled a lot of that into me, just to be strong and never to rely on a man. So... I kind of had a different upbringing, you know, to not, like, always cater to a man. I understand that that is a common, you know, trait amongst families, you know, where that's the woman's role is to take care of your husband, you know. And I kind of grew up in a different, you know, I, I guess time well, the maybe. New world. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still young. I'm still a baby. I'm still learning things. So, but yeah, I've always been super independent. I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, catering to your, you know, catering to your man. Um, but it's a different time, you know, like I've always brought home the bread. <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's different now. I just still think it's crazy how like the gender role of equality is still a taboo like I understand like even like race and religion is still not perfect but it's something that we can still talk about yeah. just openly and I feel like a gender role for instance like starting as new generations or like the younger generations mm -hmm. um and talking about that in school systems it's like these teachers could easily be domesticated or domestic like and so it's like how are we how are we going to change that for the people that aren't brought up that way mm -hmm. that are still in those like old traditional ways that truly aren't equal um and how do we, you know, teach them that, you know, in the younger schools and, you know, places? So. Yeah. So I'm going to put my cousin on the spot. So you work in the night scene as well as, you know, following your career path as a creative and as a stylist and right. just an innovator. So how do you feel as a woman in the nightclub scene? Like, how are you treated? Like, how do you, you know, carry yourself? Like, what do yeah. you think about you that? You learn very quickly to be assertive or you will mm -hmm. be taken advantage of. Um, I will say, like, we were just doing our visionary board party, like, last week. And um, I gave you credit because I know, like, you know, we'll be in the clubs. And, like, if someone, like, tries to grope on you, you're like, um, I have pepper spray. Like, get out of my face. <laughs> yeah. Now, someone Watch like... Watch out. Yeah. No. And I, like, <laughs> applauded you for that because that was something, like, for me, like I said, with my upbringing. Like, I'm realizing, like, you know, even seeing from, like, the women in my family how, like, if a man harasses them or something happens, they just, like, shut down and they just don't defend themselves. And so, like... For for myself like I would sometimes do that too and that that was very vulnerable you know of me to do that but that's just something I picked up on because that's all I saw and mm -hmm. so you know now like with working in the night scene and you know people being intoxicated and things like that like you know if someone does try to grab on me or like whistle or say something under their breath I'm like excuse me what'd you say and they right. are like so surprised and shocked that a woman actually stands up for themselves right. and turns around and says something and it's like it's just crazy like it's just one of those things like yes this is 2017 like we're not playing anymore this is 2018 or it's sorry <laughs> but this was in 2017 oh, okay, with okay, everything okay. going down okay, you know yeah. like we're not playing that anymore you know yeah cool who run the world girls there we go <laughs> um so what about nobody talked about like social media so like i know that i've talked somewhat a bit about kind of media and body image and how it can negatively affect you know girl identified youth 
but I don't think I mean I've talked about my own experience but like as far as like you know we're kind of older Mm -hmm. we're not super old we're in our 20s but you know I feel like it still affects us you know at this age too you bugging I know I know we're young but I feel old (laughs) but anyways like how do you think that social media kind of like you know what are the pros and cons I feel like as far as being a woman or a female identified person like what what kind of effect does that have on your psyche and like your you know body image and your self-love and things like that oh here we go here we go (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's not good at all i think we check our phones way too much and i am a victim of it we all look at our phones and first thing when we wake up in the morning Oh, let me check my Instagram. Let me check my Facebook. Let me check my Snapchat. Let me see who's watching me. Let me see right. who who likes this. You know, like no, like I don't think it's positive. I think um, psychologically, like when we see those things, our brain like gets addicted to the endorphins. Like our body releases when we see those type of things, and. Um, And I think with Instagram, you know, having all these people who are quote unquote Instagram famous who have big fake titties, big fake, oh, (laughs) (laughs) booties, you know, it kind of sets an unrealistic expectation and um, it can make people feel like, oh, well, maybe they're not perfect or not the best because they don't have these things. And, you know, I don't think we should be comparing each other's lives to oh, well, this person has this and this person has that and my life's not like this or, you know, like when we're living our best lives every day. So I think Instagram, I mean, there's pros and cons to social media and networking and meeting new people and Mm -hmm. having a foundation to launch your business and things like that. But when it comes to um, just like life and uh, prejudging someone, yeah, it's like, (laughs) It's a bunch of BS, like, because how do people meet each other nowadays? Oh, Tinder or really? Instagram, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I people think, do that, and they judge <laughs> judge off those pictures. That's why catfish, catfish, catfish is a thing it's because a of this. It's a fake persona. It's not real. You don't know who I am yeah. based on my pictures. I don't know who you are based that on might your pictures. There is your a social picture. media ladder, though, for women. Yeah. I will say that. And <clears> it's, as far as what? It's one of those things where women... Um, can use that to their advantage. Not saying I'm an advocate for that, not saying mm-hmm. it's wrong or right. But in this day and age, like for your talents, you will not get noticed unless you use that social media ladder to your advantage. And Hunger I can games. like speak of that though, like even being in that nightlife industry where like you see these beautiful faces, you know, this is like, you know, the look they want for these particular jobs yeah, or whatnot. And then you even see, like, and I can go back to, like, knowing girls in person, like, these, like, Instagram baddies, you know, or, like, you know, Instagram famous models. And, like, mm-hmm. they had to use that to get where they are to, like, yeah. actually, like, show their passions and prove their talents and actually are, like, down-to-earth good people. But they knew that they couldn't um, use their mater- material without having to do that, like, that ladder, you know? And it just goes to show with Hollywood and things like that, like... That went on in 2017. You know, we're trying to, you know, change that with 2018. Um, but it's definitely something that's sad, but it is used. Um, yeah. Because sometimes, like, <clears throat> that's been the only way for so long. Yeah. Um, and we're used to it. It's like, 
become like a thing you know you don't go to someone's instagram who has 200 followers and be like oh man they popping you know like or for career aspects to yeah. have that credentials you know it's sad because we do look at the numbers now mm-hmm. you know yeah um and people get the numbers because of being it's scary. Explicit. People also pay. Did you guys know people yeah, pay people, for people followers? Pay money. Yeah, is that crazy? It's insane. I know several young women who but do that. But think about it. If they want to build their business, and it's like, yeah, now you can tell if someone pays for their followers. I know exactly who you're you talking can, about. You can you can tell. <laughs> like you can see from their follower base, and yeah. then the amount of likes. Like if you have twenty thousand followers and you're getting one hundred and fifty likes, like who so cares about for. the likes? But the thing is, like. As a business person, maybe they're like, okay, yeah. like they'll see my page, and then if they see that I have followers, like you know, that's like an investment in itself. You yeah, know? I can understand both sides of it, but not saying it's right. Like I think you need to be authentic and no, I get you know, what you're yourself. saying. No one ever posts the bad stuff online. They only post the good things. Oh, my life is so great. This is that's this is my achievement. This is my accomplishment. They don't post the real stuff. I, I know, know I don't. Some people that I follow do. Like some people, like whether it's with like body transformation. No one's posting. Like, I ain't got my rent money next month. Some people do. <laughs> I'm, I got a should notice no one posting that no one is yeah. real like if you're it's an influencer fake. like you know you you become a little bit more authentic like yeah. as you go it just depends i feel like it's yeah. all fake because you don't post the first selfie you take because most of the time it ain't gonna be fire but i mean sometimes but, but you know what i'm saying people like we've all posted a selfie we know yeah. we we pick the one we like the most and that we think is well the we cutest. send it like, to each other and we ask which one should i post <laughs> That's, that's, what worse, that's, that's what we do. That's what me and they do. That's what me and Bailey do. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, what about like? I know Bailey talked about a little bit her like familial experience with gender roles. So, and you kind of did too, Ash. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, you kind of grew up in a non-traditional household with like your mom oh, being definitely. like, yeah, like the strong female of the household, like the matriarch and Bailey and I kind of grew up with, you know, mm-hmm. you know, our dads, yeah. yeah, and our and our moms being very domesticated. Yeah. So, um, do you feel like that's shaped you now? Like you kind of said you're oh, a really yeah. independent woman because of that. Yeah. And like, you know, you're a mother now. So, mm-hmm. you know, is that something that you're going to carry on like teaching your son? I mean, it's it's different. Yeah. I mean, my upbringing definitely has an influence on who I am today and how I go about things. Um, but yeah, I just want him to know that, you know, we're we're equal and that everyone you you should treat everyone as you would treat yourself and you treat everybody with respect so i mean even coming from an upbringing you have you know have it's different but that doesn't mean it's disrespectful and having that bringing i have doesn't mean it's necessarily you know different i think it's disrespectful <laughs> yeah i think, it's, <laughs> I, think I mean downright. it's different you know i'm saying like it's different for New everyone world. so i mean yeah no props to you i think that's amazing that your mom you know thank you um you know brought you up that way and that's great yeah i just like what about it do you guys think is disrespectful like um just the fact that like we grew up seeing that i mean no disrespect to my parents i love them and they've been through a lot individually and together and they've grown but you know just like growing up and seeing like 
our mom have to take like the brunt of whether it be like our dad's frustration or anger or things like that or just like always having to like be a stay-at-home mom and like having Mm -hmm. to quit their careers like was that their choice or was it because they're in a relationship um i I mean that all plays a significant role um in everything i think um they weren't um they didn't understand what they were going through at that same time too they didn't understand that they were um being overpowered and um i think that plays a role with everything yeah Yeah. so you think it wasn't a choice that i think it was a pressure you Uh know and that you're in this relationship or this marriage and you have Uh kids and you're feeling pressure from your partner generations to to come from their mothers and you know their fathers i don't think so because my grandma's kind of like she's a rocker like she's independent like yeah. i don't i don't necessarily think that i think that it's just i do think it's generational in the fact of like what was going on in the uh-huh. world at the time that they were growing up because you know gender roles have been like in place forever yeah. and i think they were really really strong when right. our parents were growing up but it's like even today like sometimes i love my dad to death but sometimes mm-hmm. i can't have a conversation with him because yeah. he just is not He's not, like, open-minded. Right. Men and women, like, typically, they think very differently. Yeah. You know, we see the whole picture where men are very linear thinkers. They're very straight to the point. They're very, okay, this, 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 you know. They they are not able to multitask as successfully as a woman. Not necessarily all the time, you know, but we just think different. Yeah. And... So when it comes to like the traditional family, you know, with mom and dad at home, as you you guys are saying, you know, like woman empowerment and how right. you guys were raised in an environment where your dad was very um, assertive and maybe, um, I don't know, you know, like showing um, like power over your mother, right? Yeah. Um, so... I mean, there are family roles, traditional family, like, you know, a husband and wife, but there are times where the husband's a stay-at-home dad. I see that a lot nowadays, so. Yeah, or, like, when there's not, you know, like, when it's a mom and a mom or a dad and a dad, like, it doesn't always have to be, like, husband-wife. It can be husband-husband, you know, wife-wife, things like that. I so, think that has a whole different impact. Yeah, I mean, I can't psyche, speak, but yeah, I mean, we can't uh-huh. really speak on it because we're not in that situation. Yeah, and you know, like we're at KBU and we love everybody from all different backgrounds and situations. So it's like, but you know, just to say, just to throw that out there, so like people who are listening don't feel like we're just like having a heteronormative conversation, right? Um, just to like make them feel included and things like that. That's definitely. I think there's still like there's still room for gender roles within those type of intimate relationships too i feel like but gender roles in general like we should just throw it away like i was just talking to you about even amber rose like a huge advocate for feminism and she um has great content but sometimes um her delivery is off and um she had an article where she says she demands sex from her boyfriend now if you look at that um article and then if you think about it being you know the other way around for a man saying that like that's not okay either or you know like this twitter video that was going viral about a woman um catching her man cheating and like she like chained him up to the bed and like like demanded like answers like okay let's think about that the other way around like how wrong that would be right so it's from both aspects like Mm -hmm. of not having gender roles um and equality just like we want with race and religion and i think we need to move to the same 
direction towards gender roles, which is still oddly a taboo, even though it is completely wrong. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think we're going to take some time to just like take a quick little music break. Um, So if we can just get the music going, we're going to play a little song. (laughs) I'm looking at Delphine because I don't know if she (laughs) can hear me. I know. Um, But yeah, we're going to play little Kim, not tonight, the clean version. So um, yeah, Delphine will get this started in just a second. You guys. Yeah. Here's another one, uh-huh. and another one, yeah, from Little Kim, the Queen Bee. It's ladies night, what? It must be Angie on the mic. The butter pee, honey, got the sugar, got the spice. Roll the L sight, keep the rhymes right. Yo, I just made this mother up last night. And uh, I'm the rookie on this all-star team. Me and Kim is getting cream, like Thelma and Louise, but on chrome. Never leave that Brooklyn sh- alone. So if you say it's on, then it's on. Bang this in your whips, packing cold roadie with the chips in the wrist. Here's a French kiss. I dismiss all you chicks. Fit six from the fourth, fifth, make it dance. Ow! I stay focused and the dopest, like a penny with the hole in it. Y'all just hopeless and toteless. I ain't lying. Trying to knock me off, keep trying. All it takes is one phone call to my street team promote. Head it's like a soundtrack, you jack. Sit there, send it off with the eight fifty. Y'all missing the buck with the. Bump Biggie in the truck, in the box to my double. Let me see you do the bank head if you're rich. It's the rap, made West, the QB. And I got all my sisters with me. Hey 
playing something on this track now. You ain't gonna use me to just be singing hooks. What I look like? Patty LaBelle or somebody? <laughs> Take it out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, what a night. You should be like this instead of being like Mike. I like to ride ponies instead of riding bikes. Me and Lil' Tim got the rhymes to excite. I gotta catch a flight. <laughs> Round three-ish. You see us from Electra to Aeneas. Sorry, I just have these girls chatting up a storm in here. They are very excited about these topics, people. Hello. Hey, so you're back with Queen Talk. If you're just tuning in, we are talking about the year of the girl boss. Ashley is over here trying to hype me up and just make my radio personality come out. I haven't it, found girl. it. I haven't found it yet. So give me. You time. on your way? You're fire. I'm air. I'm here. You're the Aries girl. Like okay. I'm here to pump you up. Let's get this going. Okay, we're getting it get going. Hyped. We're getting it this going. This is your show, Queen Talk. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, we were talking about the year of the girl boss, and we ended off talking about um, gender roles in the household and um familial experiences and yeah so um i just kind of want to transition into like some workplace experiences so um you know if you've experienced sexism gender stereotypes or gender roles i see it every day i go to a customer's house and you know i let them know i'm here to take a look at the roof they're like you are coming to look at the roof? Wait, what? Like, do you even have a ladder? Yes, I have a ladder, sir. And I'm going to get on your roof. And I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on. So it's crazy. Mind your business. And, but you know what? After I do it, they respect me a lot more. Like, for being a woman and actually doing that. Because in the industry I work in, it's a male-dominant industry. Totally, for sure. There's n- not, there's like no females out here doing what I'm doing. Especially my age. There's no one like, oh, let's go in the construction industry and do this. And never in my life did I think, oh, yo, I'm going to be selling roofs, slanging out out here, slanging roofs, you know, like never in a million years did I think, oh, that's going to that's what I'm going to be doing, you know, but it's so crazy and so fun. And like, yeah, at first I was so scared to get out a roof, you know, I was like, what am I doing? This is crazy. Like a ladder. (laughs) I've never been on a ladder in my life. I put a little what? ladder, a fold-up ladder. You've never been in, on a ladder no, in your life? Never until, like, I've been on a ladder a million times now. But prior to having this career, I'm like, never in a million years. I don't think I've ever been on a ladder. And I get up and I take my little fold-out ladder out of my car. I get on the roof. And sometimes these roofs are really steep and it's pouring down rain. So it's like no one wants to do that and i get my booty up there and you it's crazy thing. yeah i do my thing and you know what the crazy part is i get in attics and crawl like crawl spaces like tiny holes and like wow. this is something like guys normally do you know and like i'm going to older families homes you know where they have traditional roles and they're like oh my goodness like what are you doing are you like kudos like you're more than a man than i and i think that's awesome like when they give me that respect and they're just like good job girl get it you know so what about you bae um with the workplace yeah i know i talked about um like the nightlife um and you know the men 
and people being intoxicated so that's like a whole different topic and I know I touch base on that but I guess like even um behind the chair in the salon like men do come in there and um you know they feel the need that they can take authority and I just have to be assertive and you know just um share those barriers from the start like no you're in my chair right. like mm-hmm. and like and definitely not disrespectful and I don't come off like rude um or you know with a rude demeanor or whatever right, just very but direct. just yeah direct and they respect that um, from there on forward and you know that's how you build that relationship and that clientele and so it works out um, but I had to learn that along the ways because then you know at first like people like sitting in my chair men um, especially like you know they will take advantage of that situation if you don't and especially being young um, and you know when you're young you kind of look a little bit more vulnerable you don't have as mm-hmm. much experience mm-hmm. um, with those social barriers so yeah definitely just being assertive and direct for sure yeah. Yeah, but you know what's crazy? When a man is direct and assertive, they're powerful. If a female is direct and assertive, they're B word, you know, yeah. and that's not cool. Yeah. Definitely. Because But I think it also depends like culturally, I think it depends on where you are in the world because, you know, um if you're in Africa and you know there's you know strong women there and that's more of a matriarchal society in in some aspects mm-hmm. um you know and your mom's telling you what's what and she's bossing you around or she's you know kind of bossing her husband or her partner around you know that might be okay whereas here in America like you said like you're bossy you know you're yeah. this that and the third you're every name under the sun. Oh, yo he's a boss but like, if he's not he a boss. what if he's not though he a boss no like if they're no if he's not assertive then he's weak right exactly but when but that's fe- wrong too. yeah yeah that's not cool and there's not to say that there's not you know gender roles and a whole gender box that males feel like they have to fit into you know in right. society oh, yeah. in the workplace that's and true. things like that but um i think with me you know I think it's easy for me to say, like, yes, like, I've experienced sexism, mm-hmm. I've exce- I've experienced gender roles, I've experienced, you know, sexual harassment by my co-workers, but I think what's interesting is that nobody ever asked the question of, like, so I work at a school, and, you know, we serve youth up to the age of, you know, 21, and I'm 23. Mm-hmm. So right. I have, you know, male students that are sexually harassing me, and I have male students who are, like, you know, kind of trying to put me into a gender box. And I think that it's interesting that nobody ever talks about that. It's like mm-hmm. the relationship between, you know, women and female identified staff and their clients. You know, it's always about the coworkers or it's about your boss or, you know, the higher ups, higher ups, but they never ask you, like, what's the relationship between, you know, the clients. Right. And I think that's a real thing because, you know, it's awkward when, you know, I'm 23 and there's this 19 year old kid and he's like, want to go to prom? And it's like, no, I don't want to go to prom. What? No, it's real. And it's sad because it's they're unconsciously like doing that, you know, which is what they see. Yeah. But they don't know any better. You know, if you're conscious about a decision, um, wrong or right, I mean, there's hope, you know, there's room to, you know, fix it but when they're unconscious about um even in your Mm -hmm. situation or anywhere else of not knowing that they are harassing Mm -hmm. um or sexual harassment right you know there's no hope for that and it starts back from education it starts Mm -hmm. back from at least it being talked about talked about 
and media has a huge influence and still we listen to music that we love and they're straight disrespecting females but us as females we still listen to it yeah yeah i talked about this on episode one queen talk yeah shout out to shira and marissa we talked about chris brown yeah we talked about r kelly yeah and we talked about usher like Mm -hmm. we love i mean usher i don't really like but i mean he's handsome but um yeah like those men all have horrible reputations for you know disregarding and maltreatment of women and we still bump like i flipping love chris brown but it's like i love for me his artistry but you know as a person i don't know him but Mm -hmm. i don't like what i've heard right and there's a lot of things where i feel like females can be super disrespectful as well like okay yeah we're not gonna uh, beat up a man you know but, but like words and things like that we can we know where to hit below the belt you know and you beat like, up men by the way when like chris brown's experience for example like you know he was pushed to that point no one's just gonna snap like that for no reason actually no I just, we're not gonna no. victim blame you know, you know what i'm not victim blame. blaming anybody but at the same there's no time, reason for someone to hurt female, another person can push a man over the edge. I yeah, think. but it should never be get yeah. physical. Well, exactly. No, I look There's back no at that, for that. There's interview no of that for that's him wrong. speaking of it, yeah. and I can understand where it went wrong. But mm-hmm. I look at that situation as two immature, um, right. young adults that both, um, you know, probably came from similar backgrounds of seeing that um, and not knowing. Um, you know those boundaries that were pushed and you know it was just one of those things like i hope like as adults like they learn from and stuff but it's never okay um and i can understand where like you know he may have been pushed but not say like that doesn't matter like i mean there's there's men that can be pushed all the time and they would never do that you know it and it just comes back from um being educated about that and those signs and um i think there's a lot of mental health that plays into that as well oh yeah totally and drugs and alcohol and Mm -hmm. just the whole they're young and have elitist status the world is at their fingertips you know like what do you do totally okay so um (laughs) we're gonna keep on chatting but i just want to ask anybody that's listening that wants to call in um just to like contribute to the conversation so the number is 503-231-8187 Five zero three two three one eight one eight seven, and I'm using my school voice right now. So yeah, I'm really pronunciating this those so numbers fun. for you guys to call because nobody called last episode, and it's like, hello, we're fun, we are so fun. So call in, <laughs> but be appropriate, please. Um, so yeah, um, I just want to hit one more highlight of this conversation. So as far as um, an educational standpoint or school experiences like what are your experiences being a woman or a female identified person in the classroom on campus in sports you know in clubs things like that crickets (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, I can start with mine. So you guys can ponder a little bit. So um, I went to private school. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to a Catholic school in Portland. And I was, you know, one of few black students there at that time. I was one of few black female students at that time. 
And, you know, I felt a lot of gruff because of those two things, because of my intersectionality, whether it was, you know, I wasn't enough for one or the other groups. You know, right. I wasn't exactly. black enough. I wasn't white enough. I wasn't same here girly enough or I wasn't, you know, submissive enough or I wasn't assertive enough. It's always like I feel like being biracial sometimes like you're always like put smack dab in the middle of everything that you are. Yeah. And it makes life really, really hard, especially right at a catholic school you know like because it's predominantly white and Mm -hmm. it's predominantly students that are coming from you know elitist backgrounds and it's like they have every every instance to put you down because of who you are and where you come from and i feel like i felt that a lot at u of o i felt that a lot oh yeah and funnily and it's not even funny it's actually sad enough i felt that from the black kids the most at u of o like the aasu or whatever black student union or whatever it was called like I wasn't black enough to be in that like the the black girls on campus that I interacted with you know treated me poorly because what I'm you know bougie or whatever it may be or I don't you know wanna act a certain way or whatever it may be I never went to those black student union meetings because Mm -hmm. of the black women in them and that's sad so yeah yeah that that's crazy that's crazy girl you know and I've experienced the same thing but at the same time, I feel like I've uh, experienced certain privileges as well as being, you know, not as dark because I I believe colorism is real. Yeah. And um, but I definitely can relate to, you know, not fitting into one area 100 um, percent and just having to deal with that. But uh, being mixed, <laughs> there's a lot of things um, that I don't. Uh, that I haven't experienced um, being, you know, full black. You know, there, it's it's way different. It's a different world. Um, so I can't really, you know, really speak where they're coming from, you know, because it's different. Yeah, so I can understand why it's that way, you know, because um, I don't know. I just understand it to a certain extent because – there have been times where I've had an opportunity where someone who has darker skin than me hasn't had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. And, like, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So, I mean, you know, stepping away from um, race and even going back to generals like feminism, like mm-hmm. even in Portland, um, going to these, um, like, um, you know, women's march, you know, um, women's meet and greets. Yeah. And, you know, it was beautiful to like, you know, I'm a very observant person. So it was like beautiful to like see all these like women uh, from different cultures, different groups, different cities come together. Um, But I will say, you know, they were all like advocates and, um, you know, pretty much, um, you know, feminists and things like that. But I will say like, even going into that, um, to that meet and greet um, and seeing the women that were extremists and they had beautiful content, you know, but at the same time, they were the probably the most judgmental women in that room. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was just one of those things where um, I think there needs to be a balance with things where, like, you know, you just have to understand everybody else and always consider that, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the good content, but still always remain understanding. Yeah, so I agree with what you're talking about as far as, like, 
female to female relationships and you know the cattiness that comes with them and I think that it's sad to say and this is just girls my, don't like girls this is just my experience but especially <laughs> within the black community I feel like you know I was Sometimes. just talking to Ashley earlier like she's one of my only like black girlfriends that I have left just because of different situations that have happened and I really truly honestly believe that within the black community like females fight a lot there's a lot of competitiveness there's a lot of cattiness I don't know I think that might just be who you was rocking with it was it definitely was was. that was definitely part of it It there was a crazy lineup with personality and respect and morals and things like that I don't think uh ethnicity plays a role in that or yeah yeah um because but there's definitely like the crab in the barrel syndrome as far as like people in the trying culture to, yeah yeah I mean, so yeah we don't always support each other as exactly a culture, but so that includes females. females i mean i don't necessarily believe that that's okay that's your I know. experience yeah but i'm just talking about mine i know and i feel like you know I yeah. was surrounding myself with majority of black girls yeah. and it was a tight knit yeah it was a tight knit <laughs> thing uh-huh. and it crumbled and I'm not saying that can't happen with my friends that are white or Asian right. or Hispanic or any other ethnicity mm-hmm. or you know race but that was just my experience and I, and I kind of feel like that's like the experience that my mom was warning me about and mm-hmm. you know that we learn about with like in mean girls and like in books and you know through studies and yeah. statistics as far as like the just competitiveness yeah. so that was just my experience right with that which could happen with all ethnicities yeah, yeah. yeah that's true in my experience i have a lot of black friends i have a lot of white friends and i feel like my white f- friends um don't understand my culture you know or and i feel like they maybe not come across as the realist so i don't know i haven't experienced a lot of like what you've experienced so I don't know. I think yeah. that can like play in different aspects of like, you know, just like um like the social like um socialness of like, you know, what you've experienced. Yeah. If it was just, you know, I mean, not necessarily I'm not putting it back to ethnicity whatsoever. I think it's just a matter of like what you were saying, mm-hmm. just with like the wrong group of people yeah. and just like particular people for sure. I think it all goes back to character of people. Okay. We have Pat on the phone. Hello, Pat. Pat. Hi. What's hey, up? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for calling. Yeah, I just wanted to join on you, join in you guys' conversation. Thank um, you. Uh, going back to, you were talking about, you know, Chris Brown and asking uh-huh. men in violence and yeah. things like that. But um, one of the things I just wanted to add on that is that... Um, when you have also alcohol and drugs, oh involved, yes, uh, then uh, you're gonna also get violent. Yeah, a whole different demon. That's true. Alcohol, oh, yeah, plays a huge so role. Huge don't role. Don't make good decisions when you're drunk or you're high. So, <laughs> and you end up fighting. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, I don't. Um, I think too. When you look at, I think economics play a role in it too. Definitely. I mean, here it is: you have these young people who have uh, all the money that they can spend. Exactly. Right. That's what out, I was saying. Yep, and go out and do whatever they want to do, and just you know, here it is: it ends up 
they end up getting caught up in maybe a situation that, you know, they um, they don't intend to, but it ends up working out that way. And that's what I feel happened um, between them. And that's what I feel happens with a lot of these young people and even these athletes, you exactly. know. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Or even on the and other it, side of it with people that, you know, don't have um, – the luxury of having a lot of money and like you know just mm-hmm. build up stress and with alcoholism or drugs yeah. and things like that you know and mm-hmm. they're out of character because they're you know in a bad place like yeah. you know violence is just never okay regardless never okay. Um, but people do turn to it from right. you know learning barriers mm-hmm. yeah I, whatever I mean when you're Chris Brown you, you have you have girls thrown at you every second so it's different right. I mean you have so much money so much power so much fame it's ruthless reckless it's crazy it's not okay yeah thank you so much Pat for calling in and giving us your you know two cents and contributing to the conversation it was really insightful and thank you for listening alright thank you guys have thank a good you. night good night um, I do I really think that's important that that was brought up because I actually yeah. went to a seminar at work and it was looking at you know um, the war it was actually looking at fetal alcohol syndrome but the fact that there's like this huge talk and there's always been this huge talk about the war on drugs but we've never talked about alcohol as a drug why is it and, always the war on something you know why can't we focus on the solution war on drugs war because on war war on just, this they're just highlighting uh, why the, can't it be peace on this it's they're highlighting you know? the problems but what I was trying to say is they like emphasize the problem like Bailey brought up it's not always <laughs> an elitist problem you know sure they have you know access to free alcohol and free you know things like that but you know they're in portland there's a liquor store in every single corner like why aren't we talking about why aren't we talking about the access to alcohol and even for minors it's so easy for them to get alcohol so it's just like i just think that that was a really easy for black communities to get alcohol well yeah because because i think it's just like poverty in general speaking you know yeah I don't I think not necessarily like a race or like I mean I get it you know definitely I I definitely agree uh with that but I mean in Portland let's be real like it's it's definitely like a poverty thing as well like you know and just the and just the landscape of you know the city so like I said there's a there's a liquor store in every corner and there's and there's a strip club on every corner <laughs> and i live in happy valley which i don't know the yeah. statistics or the population and i live in rockwood and in so. like there's still liquor stores there so we not just have off to, on skyline boulevard you know with the nice well houses. there's nothing in there's nothing on skyline boulevard except for trees and skyline burgers which is really good by Who the lives way up there actually um tevin and i lived up there and we're both black <laughs> I'm just saying no, I don't like want to make this. And like, I live by the liquor stores. And I, I mean, but I'm I get it. I understand it. But mansions. I feel like it just goes back to like definitely yeah. putting those Here. liquor stores with poverty people. I think you need to. I think you need to say your sentence with you know your opinion and what you've experienced and what okay. you've seen, and that doesn't Absolutely. make it wrong. I know. I just but have it's just a firm belief invalidating that they place. hers. Right? It's invalidating her experience. Which no, 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 no. I understand what she's saying, and no, I definitely agree that that happens in cities. But at the same time, I'm saying it's not only a um, a race thing. It's putting these um, liquor stores it's in places government. of poverty. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right, exactly. And that doesn't that necessarily mean correct. everybody that's, that's in poverty is black, though. That's right, the right. thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. And that's right, what right. Michaela's trying to get that's at. True. It. That's it true. It isn't. Because, you know, you can be white trash. You can be, I mean. That's true. Hispanic. Which I mean, is a derogatory term. And we don't <laughs> exactly. say that. 
I'm sorry. Sorry, but. I just have to say those things because we want to make sure everyone feels... I'm actually not sorry. But just we want to make sure that everyone feels, you know, respected and empowered listening to the yes, show. everyone's amazing. But meaning like, you know, from all Yeah, there's different race. derogatory terms and mm-hmm. stereotypical terms and, you know, themes and characteristics for every single race, religion, <laughs> gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation. Like, we can go on and on. There's a mean thing to say about every single type of human. But I, 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 I know that you guys are both speaking your experience. I just want to make sure, like, the listeners don't think that you guys are, like, invalidating each other or you're invalidating oh, their no, experience. No. We're Never. agreeing. Yeah, no, yes, I get that I now. But agree. I just was, like, trying to flesh it out and see, like, were you just saying, like, only the hood has liquor stores? And were you saying, like, no, you know, if you're uh, speaking from your personal okay. experience, which you don't have to share because that's your personal experience. But, you know... Even culturally, like native, if you look at the Native American population, you know, looking at statistics, there's a lot of Native American families that deal with, you know, fetal alcohol syndrome and alcoholism because and they did of place that, and I can understand where the she's government, from yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and because of history and things like that. So I'm just saying, like, it does affect people of color at an alarming rate. Yes. But that's also because we're the minority of the population. So it seems it seems sometimes like it's like so cr- the in numbers america are so crazy yeah world? no in america okay there we go yeah no not in the <laughs> world we're not the minority i don't know <laughs> i think that i have two really educated people here and i think it's great that we can like have an educated conversation about our experiences and i think it's also awesome that i brought you to here and you guys agreed to come because people who are listening like I feel like can relate to one or the other of you For or sure. both of you, you know? Yeah. So I'm just really happy that you guys came. It's definitely a balance Thank here. Thank you. I loved sure. it. <laughs> so I just want to um, close out the show with um, asking you guys you know, what's the most empowering thing for you about being a woman or a female identified person? Like, what's some of the most empowering or if you can think of one, which I don't know if you can think of one. (laughs) But if you can think of some, like, what are some empowering things about being a woman or a female identified individual? I mean... I think it's beautiful that, like, regardless... um, of wherever you may be at, like financially or physically or mentally, emotionally, as a woman, um, even in your most vulnerable state, you still have the power somehow in some way, if it's our mother or whoever, to uplift everybody around you, you know? Um, literally, we up, uplift anybody and we have the power to make, you know, our children, men, um, you know, their best potential. Well, we hold the power because you know why. Because we got what we got, you know. So you walk around with something that everybody wants. And not everyone. (laughs) But, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, like, your sexuality is empowering. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of my things, too. Yeah, you have the power. You You know what I'm saying? People want that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they want it. Yeah. That's you know, agreeable. It, it's supply and demand. And that's agreeable. You know, it's always in demand. Out? You know what I'm saying? Have you, seen the dogs? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hello. It's always hey. in demand. So yeah. that's what makes me powerful. And, you know, you got to use that to, to your advantage and just, ah. you know what I'm saying? Like, not exactly. 
for me, but it's a no. It's a no for me. But I understand. Because honestly, like, you know, I think some of us, like, we could, like, have a, you know, use it to our advantage, but we choose not to because we don't yeah, want to. And but, like, not, like, in a in a respectable, positive way. Yeah, you totally. Know? Like, exactly. But also... Being an independent, strong woman and just being direct and being, you know, because, like, being a woman, yeah, you have something a lot of people are out there to get you know and but not everybody wants that even in like heteronormative relationships it's not all about you know sex i mean what makes the world go around but it's beautiful your body is beautiful (laughs) you are history religion culture (laughs) how'd you get education how'd i get here i don't know i could name a thousand things i don't know how i got here i don't know how humans got here oh Oh no no no! <laughs> we can't go there. <laughs> anyway, I'm just not saying. Go there. Anyway, but okay, that's your answer. Cool. It's yeah. beautiful that you know we come from the women, and yeah. um, every curve on us is art, and it's, it's unique. Beautiful. It's different experience, and it's about being amazing and not just being. I mean, yeah, being a woman is amazing, and you know what? What makes us different, Kayla? What makes you and I different? No, like us being women. I don't know. That might have to be a topic for our next segment. I feel like I couldn't go that deep into it right now because we literally have a minute left. What empowers you as being a female? We're getting cut. Thank you for listening. We love you. Stay tuned for the next episode. Love you guys. Thank you, Kayla. I can get them both, I don't wanna choose And I'm quick, cutting off, so don't get comfortable Look, I don't dance now, I make money move Say I don't gotta dance, I make money move If I see you now speak, that means I don't f*** with you I'm a boss, you a worker, try make bloody moves Now she say she gon' do what a who? Let's find out and see, Cardi B You know where I'm at